Hello, I am Kat. I am Eileen. And I'm Carly. This is Murder. Mystery. And Mac and Cheese. I love how the has just become a staple to the intro now. Uh, I am who I am and I will not. <laughs> I've literally just been coloring nonstop for the last two days. Because if I do stop, then the intrusive thoughts win. Don't let them win. I love coloring. Coloring is so underrated. These are just four. Of the coloring books that I have. <laughs> you should get like a Marvel one. They have some, but they're not like super detailed. They're kind of just comic booky, and I I want more mm. detail. Like I want like this. Mm. Oh yeah. Are you more of a like geometric color? No. I'm just a whatever the fuck I want color. <laughs> like this is what I've been doing lately is like stuff like that wow so I just finished this uh alpaca oh I love oh, it that's pretty. Uh, I'm doing a unicorn right now I love coloring I I, it's the best I'm also in progress of this one as well really? yeah okay. my main issue with coloring is if it's like a like a geometric type pattern um I like to try to like keep a pattern I guess like if yeah if the shape has a pattern then I try to keep a color pattern and then I get really mad at myself if I mess it up <laughs> same and then after a while like uh oh. Walmart these are these brands coloring books are at Walmart for like six bucks wow do you guys want to know what we're talking about today of yeah, course I no what we're talking about today we are really talking about the case of the Black Dahlia. Oh. Uh, really? It's one of the most infamous unsolved murders in the country. Oh, then I am just an idiot. <laughs> I mean, I me. Okay, well, I mean, it's one of the most well-known, but it happened in the 40s, so it's not surprising that a lot of people don't know a lot about it. But anyway, let's get started. I hand-wrote my notes today because I felt like it. And uh, 10 pages. Oh, my God. <laughs> Please tell me I'm not frozen again. I will. You're no, not. you're not. <laughs> slap someone. Okay. No, you'll, you'll know you're frozen when you hear us laughing at you. That's fair. Okay. So before we jump into, like, everything, we're just going to talk about the victim. Her name was Elizabeth Short. She was born July 29th. Fun fact, that is my sister's birthday, but... You know, not 1924. Yes. In <laughs> Hyde Park section of Boston, actually. Mm. She was the third of five daughters born to Cleo and Phoebe. Uh, Phoebe May Short, whose maiden name was Sawyer. Yes, their father's name was Cleo. <laughs> Don't know why. That's just, yeah. Anyway. Do you want to know what I think of whenever I hear the name Phoebe? Cleo! Oh, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I forgot about Claire. Yeah. <laughs> oh my so, God. What are you, what I was going to say. P is an E B. H is an E B. E is an E B. E is an E B. E is an E B. Hello there, mate. E is an E B. Well, the actress who plays Cleo's name is Phoebe, so. That's true. Wow, full circle. Cleo. Anyway. Condensation. A condensation. I can't. Okay. Um, so in around 1927, the Short family relocated to Portland, Maine for a while. And within the same year, they actually went back to Massachusetts and settled in Medford, which is a suburb of Boston. That's the same year. Don't know exactly when. It never said. But uh, within one year, they relocated five daughters and the whole family. <laughs> so this is Medford is actually where um, Elizabeth... I'm going to call her short um, for the remainder of this, but she spent the most of her life and was basically fully raised in Medford. So that's where we start. That's our starting point. Her father, Cleo, uh, made yeah. a living. Cleo <laughs> made a living. I'm going to say it like that for the rest of this. I was going to say, every time I'm, you say Cleo, I'm going to echo with Cleo. Please do. I would love that. So short's father, Cleo, made a yeah. living building many golf courses until 1929 when the stock market crashed mm. yeah so he lost most of his savings and the family went completely broke shocking happened to a lot of people yeah in 1930 her father's car was found abandoned by the charlestown bridge and it was assumed suicide uh by jumping into the charles river mm. so after her father's apparent suicide, her mother moved herself and the five girls into a small apartment in Medford and began working as a bookkeeper to support the family. Because when you have five daughters in the middle of the Great Depression, you do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Respect it. Yes. Respect the hustle. Respect the trip, Karen. <laughs> so... <laughs> um. Uh, at age 15, Short underwent a lung surgery due to severe bronchitis and asthma attacks. Uh, so that's just kind of where we are in her life. That's Do- interesting. Yeah. So doctors ended up recommending um, a relocation to a milder climate. And well, during the winter, I should say, to prevent more respiratory issues from occurring, which makes a lot of fucking sense. It's fucking mm-hmm. cold in Boston in winter. So her mother actually began sending her to Miami, Florida with some family friends during the winter months. And that went on smoothly for the next three years until um, actually. So then the surgery happened at 15. She dropped out of Medford High School during her sophomore year. So 16, 17 years old. So uh, in 1942, so we jump ahead a few a few years, uh, Short's mother received a letter of apology from her supposedly dead husband. Stop it. <laughs> the letter revealed that he was alive and well, actually, um, and started a whole new life in California. Oh, <laughs> love that. Cleo, why? <laughs> Where did you get the fucking audacity? I know. <laughs> I know. Listen. Also, if you're going to go that route, like, just stay away. I know. Just leave. Like, like, just drop everything and be like, 
Like, if you wanted to drop everything and start a new life and family and California, like, why come back? Literally, I know. So, uh, they learned this and that at age 18, Short ended up relocating herself uh, to Vallejo, California, to live with her father. Clear! Clear! She actually hadn't seen him since she was six. So, it was a lot. How old was she at that point? 18. Wow. <laughs> Piece of shit. So at the time, he was actually working at the Mare Island Naval Shipyard on San Francisco Bay, right on San Francisco Bay. So at this point, Short and her father, Cleo, kept, <laughs> kept <laughs> arguing. <laughs> Cleo! They kept arguing, which actually led to her moving out in 1943. Shortly after this, she ended up taking a job at the base exchange at Camp Cook, which is now actually called vandenberg air air force base uh near lompoc lompoc i don't know how to say that whatever anyway so she ended up moving in with several friends and very briefly with an army air force sergeant who had ended up being abusive naturally because the audacity of people with penises so she ended up leaving Lompoc L-O-M-P-O-C I think that's how you pronounce it don't yell at me if I'm wrong in 1943 and she moved to Santa Barbara and at this point she was 18 right yeah i can't do math anyway so on september 23rd of 1943 she ended up getting arrested for underage drinking at a local bar and this actually comes into play later um i'm pretty sure you guys have probably seen the uh the pictures the booking photo (laughs) so this is you i'm sure you guys have seen yes that picture Um, right yeah 1940s that's the 40s for you Okay, this is something totally unrelated, but kind yeah. of related. Yep. Have you seen the Nancy Drew movie with Emma Ro- Rob- Roberts? Emma Roberts? Yeah. That's who that actress is, right? Correct. Okay. For some reason, I, I always get Emma Roberts and somebody else. Can Emma be- Watson? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I never, I can never remember which is which. So you, don't find have- a lot of, you, you don't find a lot of famous Emmas. And really? uh, Emma Stone is Emma more Stone. Though. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. 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 I know why you thought of that. And okay, weirdly enough, I looked it up and it actually, so like that whole deal, like that movie is, it's based on the books, which took place in like the 40s and the 50s, mm-hmm. but not really because it's basically set in like the early 2000s based on like the other teenagers right so like you'd think that the murder in the movie took place in like the 40s but it actually only took place in like the 80s which is weird to me i don't know why but um that picture always reminds me of delia draycott from yes oh i've been thinking about that movie so much lately i need to watch it again such a good movie it used to freak me the fuck out oh same the weird everything yep (laughs) oh my god it's so good the plot twists I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it okay god. and the guy with the two colored eyes Ooh. makes it extra creepy sure does sorry i digress no you're good it's kind of out 
kind of related. Okay, so after her arrest, the juvenile authorities sent her back to Medford, but she just made the decision to not move there, and she went back down to Florida (laughs) and only occasionally visited Massachusetts, where her family still currently resided, by the way. So while she was in Florida, Short met Major Matthew Michael Gordon Jr., who was a decorated Army Air Force officer in the 2nd Air Commando Group during World War II, obviously. He had been training for deployment to the China-Burma-India Theater of Operations of World War II. That's the name of it. It was a lot. but So... You know, they met, they whatever, hit it off. She had, Short had told her friends that Gordon had actually written to propose marriage to her while he was recovering from injuries from a plane crash in India. She did accept this proposal, but unfortunately he died in a second plane crash on August 10th of 1945, less than a week before Japan's surrender that ended the war. That's bad. That's, yeah, don't like that. So then she was just like, fuck it, and relocated to Los Angeles in July of 1946 to basically it started out as a visit to another Air Force uh, fella, um, a a lieutenant named Joseph Gordon Flicking, who she knew from her time in Florida. She knew that he was um, stationed at the Naval Reserve Air Base in Long Beach, so she ended up you know, spending the last six months of her life in Southern California in the Los Angeles area because, you know, she knew people there. So Uh, shortly before her death, Short had been working as a waitress and ended up renting a room behind the Florentine Gardens nightclub right on Hollywood Boulevard. Can you just side note, can you just imagine what Hollywood looked like back in the golden era in like the 30s, 40s and 50s? Because holy shit. I would love to see it with like all the like old fashioned movie stars and yes, I know. I'm very passionate about that. So short actually later on had been described by people who knew her as a quote would be actress unquote. That's why people think she moved out to LA in the first place, which could be very honestly be very true because a lot of people did that. So, according to some sources, she had, again, been trying to become an actress, though she didn't have any acting credits to her name. And this leads us to the murder. Mm. Just be ready. Wait, someone gets murdered? What? Well, we better better (laughs) stick to one segment of our name considering none of us had mac and cheese Shit. <laughs> I know. just so this is just kind of a trigger warning it's actually very gruesome and uh disturbing so if you're squeamish or you don't like to hear about grisly details about what's happened to somebody's body um i would skip ahead a little bit <laughs> because i like true crime stuff and this case does turn my stomach a little bit sometimes so just fair warning it's okay. like that, uh, like that TikTok. Her arms were cut, cut off. off. Her ears were cut off. Her legs were cut off. Yeah, it goes yeah, into it goes her into was pulled out of her mouth. It goes into more <laughs> detail than that, so just be ready. So, January 9th of nineteen forty-seven, Short 
returned to her home in L.A. after a brief trip to San Diego with a man named Robert Red Manley, a 25-year-old married salesman she had been dating. Because men. Manley had stated... I know. Exactly. Manley had stated that he dropped Short off at the Biltmore Hotel that because Short was going to meet her sister that afternoon. She was coming for a visit. Some accounts actually state that staff at the hotel had seen Short using the lobby telephone uh, before her disappearance. And then shortly after being dropped off, she had been seen by patrons at the Crown Grill Cocktail Lounge about half a mile away from the Biltmore. So she was kind of in the area and she was seen there. So yeah, that kind of puts us right in that area there. So the morning of January 15th of 1947, local resident Betty Bursinger discovered a woman's naked body around 10 a.m. in a vacant lot. She had been, sorry, Betty had been walking with her three-year-old daughter in Limert, Lamert Park, Los Angeles. It was at the time an undeveloped area, so it was really just a vacant lot. Now, it, I believe it's just a suburban neighborhood, which is kind of weird. I watched the um, BuzzFeed Unsolved, and they actually went to the spot. It's literally somebody's front yard. Mm. Love that for them. Mm. Okay, so... Bought the property that somebody told them that there was a dead body on it. I would have been like, fuck yeah. Hit me up. <laughs> so, <coughs> at the time, Betty thought it was a mannequin at first because it seemed so unreal that this could be a person. The body was found severed cleanly in two. Oh. Yeah, so at first she was like, there's no way that's a person. That's definitely a mannequin. But then she was like, oh, fuck me, that's a person. Okay. So then she realized it was an actual human being, corpse. So she ran to a nearby house and had them call the police. This is where it gets graphic. So just, yeah, I would have been like, oh, no, no, no. So the body had been completely severed at the waist and completely drained of blood. The proper term for that is exangued exsanguinated which means complete like no blood left on the body leaving her a very creepy and eerie pallid white color which again plays into the that's a mannequin because why would you ever assume that something like that is a person so it was determined later that the time of death was around 10 hours before the body was found the actual time of dying was not actually not firmly determined they never really figured out the exact time again this is like the 40s so that makes a lot of sense that science hadn't been developed yet Mm -hmm. sometime in the evening of january 14th or very early hours of january 15th is when she died died weirdly enough the body had been cleaned by the killer Mm. (gasps) i don't like that so Mm. so her face had been (laughs) <laughs> so this is one of the more one of the infamous things you'll actually if you look it up you'll probably find it but her face had been slashed from the corners of her mouth to her ears this is what's called a glasgow smile or a joker smile literally slashed from here to here is yeah i i mean i've seen it it's gross think joker but worse literally fucking flesh Yes, like a person, like her face, like literally, I'm not kidding when I say it's from here up here. Don't like that at all. Yeah, I don't like that either. So she 
this was all found later by the after during the autopsy but she had several cuts on her thighs and breasts with entire portions of flesh being sliced off the lower half of her body because remember she was cut in half had been placed a foot away from the upper part of her body okay this is really gross this is where it like kind of upset my stomach so just mm. her her intestines had been placed under her butt just like, like, what are the trouble of like taking her intestines out mm-hmm putting them on the ground, then putting her under butt her butt on top of them. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah, I just need, I need to, like... Oh my god. <sighs> yes, yeah, so it's fucked up. So she had been, quote-unquote, posed with her hands over her head, elbows bent at right angles, and her legs spread apart. Yeah, no, it's it's fucked. It's all sorts of fucked. Upon their discovery, obviously a crowd of passersby and reporters started gathering. So already this crime scene's fucked. So the Los Angeles Herald Express uh, was is one of the recurring papers. The reporter, a reporter for this paper named Aggie Underwood was one of the first at the scene taking photos of the crime scene and of the corpse, which now we can find online because the internet so near the body detectives located a heel print on the ground that was around a bunch of different tire tracks they also found a a cement sack full of watery blood found nearby ew yeah so remember she was exsanguinated so she had literally no blood left in her body uh so just imagine what this crime scene like the the murder scene looked like gross yeah think don't like that alien alien is so uncomfortable right now do you think they put the intestines in a separate bag i don't know i don't know so someone literally killed her so you know how like yeah rained all her blood put her intestines under her body i think part of the intestines were still Yeah. And put it next to the body? Yes. Well, near it. Not directly by it, but it was, like, found nearby. But um, I believe, Carly, it wasn't just, like, complete, like, chaos. Like, it, I mean, it was chaos. But in terms of, like, the intestines, I think part of it was still, like, inside. So it was, like, take pulled out and, like, tucked under it. Like, it wasn't completely torn out. Uh, okay. I really can, cute. I, I, like, grosser. Huh? I just pictured a girl sitting on a pile of guts. <laughs> That's what I pictured. Pretty much. But like, it's literally just here, down, and uh, cut in half. So now, do you think her intestines were with the bottom half of her body or the top half? I would say it was severed. Like, was it are severed? Are your intestines like, like her here? Boob? Yeah. So I'll like, explain. Her boobs are like at her like hips that it was severed. So I, I've also seen a picture of that. Um, it's not cute. I think it's like here. He, like so they would fall right out. Like yes. ribfish? Kind of. That, so that all kind of comes into play later, like the precision of it all. So yeah. I'll explain where they cut her <sighs> through the autopsy. <laughs> so obviously with something like this you perform an autopsy because duh uh this happened on january 16th of 1947 by frederick newbar and his report stated all of the following short stood at five foot five inches tall she weighed 115 pounds 
had light blue eyes, brown hair, and actually badly decayed teeth. He found ligature marks on her ankles, wrists, and neck, and an, quote, irregular laceration with superficial tissue loss on her right breast. So, you know, ligatures are like, you're tied up. Yeah. Like, you know that that's, so obviously she was tied up somewhere. And a laceration is just like a cut or like a gash, right? So there's like a gash on her boob. He also found superficial lacerations on the right forearm, left upper arm, and lower left side of the chest. So her body had been cleanly cut in half using a technique taught in the 1930s called a hemicorporectomy. So it was precision. So obviously this had to be done by somebody who knew what they were doing. This was an actual technique done. Weirdly enough, I did learn that this was done and you could still survive if done properly as like this part of you. Um, I actually have seen a man on TikTok that is mm-hmm. only like the top half of his body and he like yeah. walks in his hands. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you can absolutely, if it's done correctly and done very precisely, it can be done where you survive and you're totally fine. You just, you know, if you're like a paraplegic, you don't have feeling below your body. Like, Mm -hmm. below a certain point. So, like... So, anyway, this was taught in the 1930s. The lower half of her body had been removed by transecting the lumbar spine between the second and third lumbar vertebrae. I don't know exactly where that is. (laughs) I'm going to look it up real quick. I meant to, and I forgot. They specifically, like, split her spine in a specific spot. Yes. Oh, my God. Very much just, like get a life dude so obviously you need to know where these are it's like your mid back so if this is your so i'm just gonna share it hold on so she was cut right about her waist here oh gotcha so you see what i mean that's kind of where it was Mm. yeah so who killed her uh well there's theories it's unsolved so this actually severed the intestine at the duo duodenum so i looked that up and that's actually the very top of the intestine so just severed it so i guess so the intestines were with the bottom half of her they were with the bottom half of her body yeah really cute right so newbar reported that there was quote very little ecchymosis which is the technical term for bruising and that typically means that all of this damage was done post-mortem and not anti-mortem because when you bruise obviously you have flowing blood right yeah so thus there was no bruising along the incision line suggesting that it was performed post-mortem so the cuts on the side of her face her little lovely glasgow smile extended three inches on the right side of her face and two and a half inches on the left side yeah Mm. I don't like that. That makes me really uncomfortable. I know. He also noted that her skull actually had no fractures in it, but there was bruising noted on the front and the right side of her scalp with a small amount of bleeding on the right side. This is consistent with blows to the head. Mm. And he did, in fact, determine that the cause of death was hemorrhaging from the lacerations to the face and shock from the blows to the head and the face. How fucking hard do you have to hit somebody to oh, cause them shock <laughs> from getting hit? 
And that's part of the reason why they died. I'm like literally picturing somebody hitting her with like a like a caveman era like spiked club. Like in See the uh, unfortunate thing is the picture of her um face is bloody. So that kind of tells me that maybe she was tortured before she was killed, because why would it bleed if you're doing that after you completely drained her blood and then cut her face? Like yeah, unless he killed alive. her and then sliced her face before he drained all her blood. No idea. I couldn't tell you. Or oh she. I'm sorry. This we don't know who did gross. that. It's definitely a dude. Why, why, why would anybody ever go this far with? Historically, even back in like the 40s, women tended to use, I want to say, less violent means of killing someone like poison for example what poisoning yes like poison sometimes just a single gunshot but you you don't very you don't often see women beating people to death and torturing them to this level of (laughs) damage i am upset right now yeah so emotionally disturbed and emotionally disturbed and mentally don't, disturbed. same but don't sue me because i gave you a trigger warning so <laughs> okay so i, don't think I had a choice here no not at all <laughs> just um, like when i listen to haunted stories yeah <laughs> so after the autopsy they took her fingerprints and they sent those fingerprints to the fbi and her prints were on file from before during her 1943 arrest so they identified her through that yes so following her identification reporters so this is really shitty are you you ready to feel really heartbroken for this family oh no so reporters contacted her mother phoebe in boston to tell that tell her that elizabeth had won a beauty contest stop and they pried so much information out of her then they got all the information they wanted about elizabeth right all the information they needed and then at the end they just threw the truth in there and they're actually like oh just kidding she actually was um she was murdered what the fuck are you kidding me nope see people like that is the reason why we have rules in this world exactly oh it gets worse so the newspapers offered to pay for Phoebe's airfare and accommodations if she would join them in LA to help with the investigation. That was a lie, and it was just to protect their scoop so nobody else would get to her and get information from her. Wow. Yeah. I was like, I had to rage quit for a second. I was like, no. God. So obviously, because of all the reporters that were on scene almost immediately, the case became sensationalized. This was through papers, uh, like the Los Angeles Herald Express and the Examiner. They described the black tailored suit that Short had been last seen in. They called it, quote, a tight skirt and a sheer blouse, unquote. And then because of this, she was then nicknamed, quote, the Black Dahlia, unquote. And in the papers, she was described as an, quote, adventurous who prowled Hollywood Boulevard unquote so they can fuck right off (laughs) wow oh god so kind yeah i love that love it 
So this kind of jumps into the investigation. January 21st of 1947, a person claiming to be Short's killer placed a call to the office of James Richardson, the editor of The Examiner, not the police, the paper, right? Congratulating Richardson on the coverage of the case. The caller also said to, quote, expect some souvenirs of Beth Short in the mail, unquote. And then January 24th, 1947, a suspicious manila envelope was delivered by a postal service worker. So a person delivered this. Addressed to the examiner and other LA newspapers with individual words that had been cut and pasted from newspaper clippings. So like the stereotypical serial killer shit. Mm -hmm. There was a large message on the face of the envelope reading, quote, here is Dahlia's belongings, letter to follow, unquote. The envelope contained... Shorts, birth certificate, business cards, photographs, names written on pieces of paper, and an address book with the name Mark Hansen embossed on the cover. So, a lot of questions, a lot of questions, right? The packet had also been cleaned with gasoline, similar to her body. Mm hmm. Yep. So, this is stressful. Okay. Um, they lifted some partial fingerprints and they sent those to the FBI. But guess what happened? The lost them. They were compromised in transit and couldn't be analyzed. Of course. Yeah. So the same day that the packet arrived at the newspapers, or for the newspapers, I should say, a handbag and a black suede shoe were reported to have been found on the top of a garbage can in an alley just a short distance from where her body was found. And guess what? They were also wiped clean with gasoline. Oh my god. Yeah! So, remember the address book had a man by the name of Mark Hansen on it. He was very obviously a suspect. And he was a wealthy local nightclub and theater owner. And um, Short had actually stayed at his home with friends while she was living there. And he later on confirmed that the shoe and the handbag were hers. Uh, one of Short's friends, Ann Toth, said that Short had actually recent re recently rejected Hansen's sexual advances. So they thought that could have been a motive. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but he actually was later cleared by the LAPD. Not actual, no actual details on how that was, but maybe I can look deeper into that. There's a lot, of, a lot of conspiracies out there about this case. So the LAPD ended up questioning over 150 men in the weeks following the murders. Or the murder, I should say. Whoa. So remember the man named Manly? Robert Red Manly? That guy that she was dating that was married? <laughs> um, he was also investigated because he was one of the last people to see her alive. Again, because he was the one that dropped her off at the hotel, right? He actually was cleared after passing several polygraph tests but in today's standard of law enforcement that's not even admissible in court because it's such a shady not super um consistent means of getting evidence so you can't even admit polygraph testing into evidence at all so the police ended up looking through his address book and investigating people from there including a man named Martin Lewis, who had also been an acquaintance of Shorts. She knew a lot of people in L.A., apparently. He and he... Rare. What? 
Is it good for her? <laughs> I know. He ended up providing a solid alibi. He was in Portland, Oregon, taking care of his sick father-in-law. So uh, that's going well for them, obviously. They figured out that later a total of 750 investigators from the LAPD were working on this case at the start, uh, including 400 sheriff's deputies and 250 California State Patrol officers. How about no? <laughs> Scout. Such a little body, such a loud voice. Yeah. Well, the smaller you are, the more rage you have inside you. So she's just a tiny green rage machine. So, so cat, why aren't you short? Because it's decently spread out within an okay distance and amount of body. So, yeah, that's how that works. Science, obviously. Science. <laughs> So, unfortunately, they actually found no more physical evidence of any kind relating to this case, despite searches all over, bless you, despite searches all over Los Angeles. Can you stop? Oh, my God. She thinks it's fucked up, too. Yeah. Definitely. She has a lot of opinions. Thank you. Um, so she's such like a little gremlin. Why are my children gremlins? They match their um mom. their mom energy. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Come so, on, I, I got jokes like this all all day long, cat. You know that. Okay, listen. My bird likes to be the loudest in the middle of the night when Sean and I are trying to sleep. <laughs> Fucking tosses her mirror around and like shakes it. I'm like it is 12 o'clock go to bed (laughs) aren't like birds like not nocturnal they're not nocturnal like go to bed scout she's like i do what i fucking want fight me about it she does she throws her mirror around and she also will just decide to like so we've got I mean, you guys know what her cage looks like. She's got the little, like, slaps to open up for her um, food and water bowls. Um, she'll sometimes pick those up and just, like, drop them. <laughs> like, please. <laughs> like, at that point, she's just trying to be annoying. Yeah. <laughs> she could and totally she, just escape. Yeah. And she chirps and she squawks in the middle of the night. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking to? Stop. Maybe it's a ghost. Well, you know what? She's so full of rage, she would probably scare it off, if we're being completely honest here. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, so, a city councilman by the name of Lloyd G. Davis offered a $10,000 reward, uh, that's $114,501 in 2019 money, for any information about this. But unfortunately, as per usual, there's shit stains everywhere and so many people called in with false confessions. And then they were actually they were actually later charged with obstruction of justice. So, you know, as they should. Mm -hmm. People are so annoying. People do that. It's so messed up, especially when it comes to like unsolved cases or like things that have to do with like kids like, oh, God. (sighs) So unfortunately, the spring of 1947, this became a cold case because there were literally no more leads and no more clues and no more um, piece of evidence to go off of but the notoriety continued it caused a large number of confessions over the years 
all of them false, obviously. In 2003, a man named Ralph Asdell, Asdell, a detective on the case, actually told the Times that he believed that he had actually interviewed Short's killer back when they were doing interviews. And there was actually testimony from somebody who said that they had seen a man with his sedan parked near the vacant lot where her body had been found and a neighbor had been driving by and he stopped to dispose of lawn clippings because that's what you used to do back in the day but he saw the parked sedan with its right rear door open and the driver was standing in the vacant lot and then the neighbor's arrival actually scared this person and he ended up looking into the neighbor's car to see who was in it before getting in his own car and driving off and actually later on he this person was cleared i don't know how i don't know why there was no actual name put to this but that was just somebody called in was like hey saw this weird thing one suspect was named walter bailey who based on um a book written later had actually supposedly allegedly gotten short pregnant and killed her as a result but i feel like that's just like a lot to get rid of somebody who is pregnant but they would have been able to tell her pregnant by her autopsy right yeah that that's yeah so here's a list of other potential people that have been name dropped in books and testimonies and like people coming forward later on a man named so these are obviously these are all men leslie dillon joseph a dumais artie lane mark hansen dr francis e sweeney woody guthrie bugsy siegel orson wells is on there really uh, yep george hodel uh hodel's friend fred sexton george knowlton robert red manley Patrick S. O'Reilly and Jack Anderson Wilson. These are all men that have come up. Why? Um, so a lot of them, I think they were just named in books or they were named in like somebody coming forward and being like, hey, I think this person did it. But there are a couple that I'm going to talk about because there are significant reasons. And uh, the latest name to be brought up was actually very recently. Uh, within the last 20 years is George Hodel. He was never formally charged with anything, but he came back into suspicion following his death after his son, a current LA homicide detective named Steve Hodel, made several claims as follows. He had supposedly killed his secretary. He claims that George killed Short among other women. So she's not the only one. Hodel had fled the country several times and spent 1950 to 1990 in the Philippines. Steve also says in an article he wrote that he found a box with pictures of an unnamed black-haired woman that looked suspiciously like Elizabeth Short. And this man was also a trained surgeon. That's suspicious. Mm. So now we jump into our theories. Okay. That's us. That's us, yeah. I'll tell you what my theory is at the end. Several crime authors and a Cleveland detective suspected a link between Elizabeth Short's case and the Cleveland torso murders, which are exactly as what they sound like. Random torsos were found around Cleveland. And these murders took place between 1934 and 1938 in Cleveland, Ohio, obviously, based on the name. Unfortunately, correlation between the two were, uh, 
it was discounted later on but it was discounted like a couple decades after the short murder but in 1980 they actually found new evidence implicating a man called jack anderson wilson who was a former cleveland torso suspect in short's murder and he actually was very close to being arrested for her murder by detective saint john but no first name listed i don't know why but uh this suspect actually died in a fire february 4th of 1982 so no action was followed after that how convenient yeah why would you fucking die in a fire bitch and then of course there's george hodel died in the bronx due to a fire last night in the bronx due to a fire i wonder how many episodes we can get that reference Well, now it's a personal challenge. That's two in the two in a row. So yes. So now we have Mr. George Hodel. He had clinical training as a surgeon, and it was proven that he did train in that specific uh, hemicorporectomy. That <laughs> he did undergo training back in the 30s when that was a thing. Are you ready for this one? So remember, I said that he had been. It was alleged that he had killed his secretary, right? Um, in 2003, it was revealed in notes they found from the 1949 grand jury report that investigators had actually wiretapped this man's home. So obviously he was a suspect then. It recorded a conversation between him and an unidentified visitor saying, quote, supposing I did kill the Black Dahlia. They couldn't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary because she's dead, unquote. Uh, yeah. That's really suspicious. Grimy. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, so basically, the ones that I'm listing now are like the big ones that I found. Um, there's other like cases that are very similar with like the dismemberment and like the horrific body mutilation after killing any person, basically around the country, and they were trying to like connect different people who did those murders to. Elizabeth Short's murder, but none of it actually panned out. But in 1991, Janice Knowlton, so remember, um, George Knowlton was one of the listed suspects. She was 10 at the time of um, Black Dahlia's murder. Um, she claimed to have witnessed her father, George, beat Short to death with a claw hammer in the family's attached garage. So this was a claim. So mm-hmm. this was completely disproven by her stepsister, Jolaine, and by the, te- the detective at the time so this was all just i think her trying to get attention or something or just coming up with something to i don't know anyway so those are the main ones okay and short's legacy it's not very long but uh she was eventually laid to rest at mountain view cemetery in oakland california after her younger sisters grew up and married off their mother actually moved to oakland to be near elizabeth yeah she ended up returning back to the east coast in the 1970s where she lived well into her 90s which is really sad because no parent should outlive their children anyway Mm -hmm. so two weeks after short's murder a republican state assemblyman named c don field was prompted by the case by this case to introduce a bill calling for the form the foundation of the sex offender registry so this case did that and California eventually became the first state to make the sex offender registry mandatory for any offender. That's very interesting. 
interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that either. So, obviously, Short's murder has been described as one of the most brutal and culturally enduring crimes in U.S. history. And it remains unsolved to this day. Technically. And that's uh, some Black Dahlia. It's terrifying. Yep. Uh, my theory is that George Hodel did it because there's way too much circumstantial evidence to prove otherwise. Yeah, the fact that he was like talking about it and like talking about his secretary that he supposedly also murdered. Like yeah. clearly, mm-hmm. if he did it, she That's very, been. very similar to OJ going and writing his book, If I Did It. Well, supposing I did kill her. This Nobody could prove it. <laughs> Nobody can prove that shit. <laughs> but the fact that his own son, who is an LA homicide detective, or at least he was back when all this was like coming out, is like, yeah, um, <laughs> no. Yeah, I feel like that it's it's a a new like level of suspicious when your own family is like, yeah, yeah, I think they did it. Yeah, and he. Steve Hodel actually believes that it wasn't just Elizabeth Short that he killed. He actually killed more and more and more people than that. I'll show you. But none the same way. I I don't know. I don't know that. But here's the. I mean, I'm assuming if they had found like other bodies that were like the same. Yeah, he spent 15 years just building up evidence against his dad. Wow. Yep. He must be like really convinced that it was him if he did that. You have to be convinced that it's somebody to do that. Oh, here's a quote. Okay, sorry. Uh, so Janice Knowlton that I was telling you about uh, wrote a book about believing that her dad killed her, but <laughs> quote, her book was trash and it isn't even true. Her sister told the <laughs> LA Times. <laughs> Savage. Her book was trash. <laughs> she believed it, but it wasn't reality. So far, only Hodel's own investigation warranted an official acknowledgement from the DA's office. Good for him for like looking that far into oh here it. here's here's george he's oh, he looks like a murderer i don't like his face he looks very creepy oh, i don't like him either he's, he's he dead like eyes dead dead eyes you can just Mm-mm. know he knows something look at that smile you know he knows something the fuck mm. it's like not even a real smile there's like cases like this that you're like you wonder if they'll ever be solved because it seems like at this point like yeah. there's never gonna be additional evidence that will prove anything i know but you never know i mean there are some cases that go unsolved for a really long time and then it's just you know one thing that opens it all up yeah well on that note yeah follow us on instagram (laughs) (laughs) at murder mystery mac and cheese we're uh, almost at like 250 followers now i think yay oh yeah. side note my mom said that she started listening to one of our episodes i was like mom no <laughs> oh <laughs> god mother, no. <laughs> oh shit uh-oh thank you everyone for listening we're total crackheads and like for anybody who's still listening to our nonsense thanks <laughs> and uh stay cheesy see you next stay week stay cheesy hear you next week you'll hear us next week and our <laughs> bullshit <laughs> bye bye bye